0: This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast episode four hundred ninety five for the week of December eleventh, two thousand twenty two. Hello, heyos, welcome back to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Konzen Shu. Mm-hmm. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. It is. A two part episode. You're in part two. You've made it. We all we did it, everybody. Here we are. Not only have we done two podcast episodes in somewhat rapid succession, uh, we delivered on the promise for what the actual next episode will be. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Vegito EX. Joining me from last episode, uh, Dr. Detective X himself, Ken.
1: I just can't get enough of uh, these serial characters. So, yeah, let's keep let's keep talking about them. <laughs> and next week, we'll talk about it again. And the week after. And then Bardock's out, and we fight Gas in that DLC.
0: <laughs> Imagine if we do. Uh, no, this, this is it. This is the end of the heaters, of the Cereals of the Black Freezes. That's probably not the end of Black Frieza, but uh, more to come on that um part two of our two-part extravaganza reviewing the granola the survivor arc of the dragon ball super manga last time on the show you heard this guy ken and another guy ian all the way in japan i say all the way because i don't know it's just it's far away and myself we reviewed the arc last time this episode you all Are reviewing the ARC. We put out the ask for uh, your thoughts in response to our review and just your thoughts in general on the ARC. And we figured we would chat it all out, see what you had to say, see what we have to say in response to it. And that's going to be the episode. Without any further ado, here we go into the topic. It's happening. Part two. No further delay. Without any of the further aforementioned adieu. Here we go.
1: Can we have a quick delay? Yeah, we sure can. One thing uh, I wanted to touch on that I forgot to touch on last time was that we of the Dragon Ball Super manga, over half of it is now manga only content. Yeah, and that's just mind blowing that we're past the anime and have been for so long now.
0: It's wild. Yeah, there's I'm you know what I'm looking at the shelf over there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. What's really weird to me, I have I don't think it is this way in the Japanese releases, but I just got Viz Volume Seventeen in the mail. I guess that was yesterday, and they still have Zamasu on the back of it. That can't be true. Hold on. Let's get... Oh, yeah. I'm gonna sure off yeah. Took a field trip. <clears throat> Japanese Volumes... Oh, hitting the microphone. Japanese Volumes 17, 18, 19. Um, Zamasu is still on the spine. I'm holding this up mm. as if the listeners to this audio-only podcast can see what we're doing here. Uh, Zamasu's on the spine. He is not on the back cover. That is uh, Goku on the back cover of 17... That is Ultra Ego Vegeta on the back of 18. And that is a broken scouter uh, on the back of 19. Weird. Why is Viz doing that? That's a question for another day, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> here we are to talk about your thoughts on the Granola, the Survivor, the second manga original arc of the Dragon Ball Super manga. Now, Ken, something that we talked about with our review was that it was an entirely different arc on a reread compared to the monthly serialization read.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: With that in mind, I want to start with a little bit biased here from Jake Ludar, Jake number two, if you will, (laughs) on Twitter, one of our wiki editors. I think a lot of people didn't reread the arc and it shows. Side eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, it's pretty good. Great art. Maybe some fat could have been trimmed. Bardock's wish is needlessly muddy. Granola is unexpected. Jake has a a bunch of things to say here. Um, I don't want to take away from it because he had some interesting... points there some bits that stuck out to him um about the universe expansion uh new set of namekian dragon balls with rules that are different from what we know um other parties relationship to frieza planet people previously ravaged by science etc uh i do want to sit on the the comment about you can tell who didn't reread the arc i think we harped on it a lot last episode But I do want to sit with it more and harp on it again. It was completely wild. My opinion on this arc is all over the place on each subsequent reread. Um, And especially on reflection, I'm like, no, it wasn't that bad. But I really think back to that monthly read where I, I didn't want to talk about it online because of how much I actively disliked it.
1: Yeah, and you can even look back at our old uh, Mario Kart nights. You know, that's a plug for you there, Mike. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, when we would talk about it after a new chapter, would just be like, I
0: guess, I guess. And then
1: someone would be like, well, who's that? And we're like, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, totally different. I, I mean, and this is how it's going to live going forward i mean the the monthly serialization read is such a a flash in the pan you know a point in time we also talked about the uchida comment about the climax is coming soon that stuff doesn't matter five years from now 10 years from now 20 years from now at all it'll just be you know i read volume 16 i read volume 17 i took a break i read the next volume
1: i think one thing that'll be really interesting is that if if this content ever gets animated and Mm. at this point i Who knows? (laughs) Give me my Moro statue, damn it! (laughs) But if this ever gets animated, to see how they're going to pace this out and how differently that's going to feel, because surely they'll be covering content at a different pace than Toyotaro did, I would imagine. So that'll just be interesting to live through again. And there's a lot of people who are probably going to go into that blind anime only. I mean, they'll have heard about um, Moro and Granola from different people, but... Probably not reading the manga, and I'm, it's going to be interesting to relive this this discourse of, <laughs> oh, nothing really happened this week.
0: Let's move on. We have a really good comment here. Do you mind taking this from uh, every time I read this name? I always struggle over. I think it's Batista bus.
1: Yeah. Batista bus.
0: Yeah. This came from <laughs> I've our seen him around on Twitter. yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, I think you
1: guys are a bit unfair to gas. He didn't pee his pants. It was just a few drops because he'd been holding it in for so long. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's a big fan of granola. He liked the stories focused on mentality month to month. He felt the story was lacking in humor. Uh, every time I see this B I N G I N G. I don't ever read it. Binging. The I know that's
0: binging what it is, it. Yeah. but he's so bing- binging it.
1: Yep. <laughs> not as bad. It's a serious story so it's a tough balance but I think the Dragon Ball I think Dragon Ball is at its best when it's funny. Does Trunks the story count as a flashback in the original series?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting comment. We talked a lot about how Toyotaro was not Not just using flashbacks, but relying on it for an extended period of time. Uh, We had a a two-chapter, two-part Bardock flashback that took up a lot of meat from this arc. I want to read, basically in full, this comment from Ian, who reviewed the arc with us last episode. Uh, It's just you and I right here right now so I, I couldn't bring ian in on this but um I, I thought he brought up some good stuff ian always has really great analysis and says if anything i might bring it up as an example of just how reticent toriyama is to use flashbacks during the original series it's such an exception it can only happen in a bonus chapter everything we get on trunks's past in the main series is just dialogue he won't even grace us with a single panel illustration yeah it's It's wild, right? That's what we were talking about, where Trunks' story is kind of like the flashback material in the original manga, and it's not a numbered chapter. It's bonus material.
1: And that originally came out right as Goku and Cell were starting to fight, right?
0: That's a good question. I did a whole bunch of website updates about when that stuff happened, and as soon as I finished it, it is out my head. (laughs) I don't remember when it happened.
1: Well, but I mean, I guess... The larger point I'm trying to make is that that flashback came out not to enhance or add flavor to the story. As it was unfolding at that time, Trunks had already kind of taken a back seat to uh, Goku and Gohan by that point.
0: Yeah. I also think about like when the Bardock special aired. And again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's, it's much earlier than you think it would be to then kind of add a benefit to what's airing in the, the TV version at that time. It's so strange because it feels like it fits when Toriyama uses it with the two panels when Goku first arrives to see Frieza. Like that makes sense of when you would show something like that. And again, two panels all you get out of Bardock in the original manga. And he only did that because of the TV special. So there's a lot to say there uh, about the usage of flashbacks and flashback material Ian goes on might be worth noting which we didn't talk about last time the toyotaro is generally shown more of a willingness to use them in flashbacks That is in super the bardock chapters being the longest stretch yet but there's also the beer uh fight in chapter was it six maybe um, Moro versus the two Kaioshin I totally forgot about that as well um, Moro showing the grand Kaioshin his own memories after that he says kind of gets away as a cheat since it's taking place in real time by way of magic still even just just that is so much more than Toriyama ever did. Um, it's true. Yeah, we are seeing that. Um, I also think back to, Ken, you and I've actually talked a lot about on this podcast by way of Kakarot, where it's uh, Trunks' version of the, the the Boo arrival, the Babidi, Dabra, and Boo stuff, where it gets kind of the opposite, where it gets mentioned in the TV series, yet over in the manga, we actually see the entire thing play out.
1: It's It's such a strange thing to think about the adage of show, don't tell. Yeah. And Toyotaro is a guy who shows us everything. And (laughs) Uh we touched a little bit about Toriyama. He likes to imply what you're seeing. And just in terms of exposition, I never read Dragon Ball and felt like I was being guided through a story that was being told. It's just Trunks is saying, hey, here's what happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Mm. I feel like... You feel like you see it all unfold in your mind. You don't need to be shown it, but Toyotaro takes a different path.
0: Ian goes on to talk about humor. Um, it, it comes away as a better balance when read in one or two sittings. I totally agree. that That's just more to the what this arc is on a reread versus uh, month to month. He has a lot more to say. I would encourage you to check out our forum. We have a response thread for every podcast episode, so you can check out more of what uh, Ian had to say, which is probably good because you probably liked what he said last episode. We're going to move on, though. Um, I've taken a whole bunch of comments from people all over the place. I've, I've organized them into kind of rough sections that largely then transition into each other so we're gonna stick with bardock for a while Uh, gabby over on twitter says the whole thing about how bardock doing a good thing retroactively absolves the science of being bad at all at least with how the chapter frames it Uh, This is, again, kind of that re-litigation of what Toriyama and now by extension Toyotaro is doing with not just the character of Bardock, but kind of like often to other characters, too. You might say Gine, even though we got that original interview material with uh, Toriyama saying Gine was originally one of the members out there, but she was actually like bad at it. So then she ended up in the meat factory. So. I don't know why he, like, women aren't good killers. Is that what Toriyama's trying to tell us? Um, is there anything you want to say about the the framing of Bardock here? We talked about how it's, it's almost like, I don't know how to say it, but maybe one of the characters in the series did it better. It's like, it's the growing goodness that might be in Bardock's heart rather than he's actually a good person.
1: I think it's just uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: to tie into everything about just Saiyan pride in mm. these few chapters that we're talking about
0: yeah there was the actually the one chapter as it was coming out where we got the japanese title like oh god what how are they going to title this because then you get into some weird nationalism ties with how you might possibly translate that chapter title thankfully we s- avoided it even on
1: reread it's uncomfortable yeah. and when i got to that specific page where they talk vegeta and goku talk a little bit about that and then Monito gives them their cyan armor because he thinks that's what he should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And luckily, they're like, no, <laughs> we don't want this. It's uncomfortable, even on reread. And it's something that I was like, let me get past this page as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to see it. I don't like this. I much prefer how Vegeta and his guilt were handled in the Moro arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when he's on on Namek and he
0: internalizes it so much there where it's not about yes. science. It's about him as an individual. I like that. Yeah.
1: I prefer that take on it. I don't think we needed to really have Vegeta guilt trip over the science in general. I feel like he's a a smarter guy than to necessarily Hmm. make that all his whole issue
0: uh pranjal on twitter says the implication of bardock's wish fixes one of the biggest plot holes of piccolo daimao arc piccolo kills goku and goku's heart just stops but then after piccolo leaves his heart just restarts it made no sense before but this provides some sort of explanation for it i suppose i do you think that's something that maybe toyotaro went back and looked at but we also know that toriyama did an overall kind of like story arc outline so whose point was the wish i don't know
1: you know that toyotaro spends a lot of time deep pulling characters when yeah. he as viz or as the american website likes to say he <laughs> tries to draw these characters <laughs> and i i actually saw this tweet and this tweet in combination with me totally forgetting about tau pi pi last time <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh when I read that and that discussion, uh, I'm due for a Dragon Ball reread, yeah, Mike, because think so. I think uh, I've had a few drinks over the years and <laughs> things are fading since my last reread.
0: Well, as they say, uh, Dragon Ball fans have never read the original Dragon Ball. Um, who can Pelican on Twitter? Uh, beyond the odd story choices, its the biggest issue for me is its awful pacing. The arc is just some basic setup than a very long fight that sort of sputters out felt like we were stuck on the dragon ball treadmill. The use of Bardock seems entirely pointless as well. If you want to delve into more minus Bardock fine, but he was mostly inconsequential to the arc aside from a poorly executed way to get granola on the side of our heroes. Yeah. The, the, the treadmill definitely felt it was still there for me on reread. It wasn't as bad as the, the original read. Uh, so I don't necessarily disagree with, with that assessment there. And we definitely talked about the usage of, of Bardock. Do we need it to be Bardock? What did Bardock specifically as his own person and as Goku's father, what did he bring to that arc? I don't know who else you would use. I, I don't know that there's another, if it was just a, a random sign, if, if it was Yamoshi that like his, could that have worked? Maybe, maybe I would take Yamoshi over, but I would probably take yeah, Mochi over Bardock.
1: Just to hear the name again would be cool. I, this touches on some stuff we talked about last time. Yeah. Bardock really mishandled this this arc. Uh, I don't mind him being used, but again, we spent too much time with him. It was almost clumsy, the lessons, uh, specifically that Goku took out of it, or because even then I'm still a little m- muggy on how that all lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just didn't need it. But what what... Um, who Can Peli Can is saying about the pacing. You know, we're talking about how this storyline is going to live in perpetuity as a reread or as, a, as someone who is banging the arc. <laughs> but for us, you know, we read it month to month and it's super frustrating that Toyotaro had so many pacing issues at the time. And it's almost like it's going to happen again. Uh, we talked before about Boruto. Yeah. And now that's also a monthly uh, paced manga and it doesn't ever feel like it's just spinning its wheels in the way that this arc did uh, at multiple times as it was coming out
0: the interesting thing is that you're like your original experience always kind of imprints itself on you and you'll always come back to that even when you reread something revisit things that original experience is still sitting there in the back of your your head uh, so for me it's like when i watch early tbz episodes as much as i have a- exclusively watched this series in Japanese over the past couple decades ocean lines still pop into my head there and I think um, these manga original arcs are going to have not lines of dialogue not intonation not even necessarily the art it's we're, we're gonna think back to our reading experience and we're gonna have to kind of like pull ourselves out of that as we're like no you can just read the next chapter
1: <laughs> and we'll never forget about thriving either even if they end up adjusting nope. that no nope. no in print.
0: I'm going to take one more. Um, this one kind of transitions us to our next topic, though. Um, Ziolax. sorry, on this Twitter. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you, know, you always, like, read these names. You're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what that name is. But then you say them loud, and, well, that's something else. Uh, Zioluax says, the Granola Arc was pretty fun. Most of my issues come with the final fight, with gas being a little too stretched out. I agree, for a good final fight. I agree. But Frieza, at the end, made it worth it. The Bardock was fine, personally, as I can separate anime versus minus Bardock, but his flashback should have been a single chapter instead of splitting it up to tie up the the pacing a little bit. Um, I kind of agree across the board on that. The two-part Bardock flashback chapter stuff, that was too much, especially at the time. But even in reread, I'm like, all right, we got we to gotta move along here. But Frieza showing up at the end made it worth it. That's going to transition us into a couple other comments here. Uh, Ken, why don't you take these?
1: Yeah, uh, a uh, personal friend, an unnecessary lack of respect for the reader's time, only serving the purpose of setting the stage for a Frieza re-return and intertwining Granola closer with the Scions via Bardock, even though he'll die in three years. Actually, it's significantly less than that. <laughs> and we got to wait till after superhero manga recap for any continuation.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think everyone was kind of on board with Frieza at the end, where it was just... It's almost so absurd that you can't help but laugh along with what's going on. You're kind of with Frieza on just how strong and just how ridiculous this whole thing is. And then even Frieza has that little smirk as he invites Mackie and Is It Oil to come along with him.
1: It did feel like the sentiment at the time was, thank God for Frieza.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, All right, come on in. This arc is over. Let's go.
1: But, you know, I'm glad we got that payoff because they... Talk about Frieza the whole arc.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: always like, when is he showing up? When is he showing up? And that he did it all was so satisfying Mm -hmm. for multiple different reasons. Papa on Twitter says... I personally feel like this arc was treated as a huge reveal for Frieza. Maybe I need to reread it as one whole arc because there's definitely some, what I believe to be unneeded, character development. And that's me <laughs> saying what he said. I'm not putting that in my own parentheses. <laughs> development. So unneeded character development for Goku. But it's all just felt like a big buildup to another colored Frieza. Some stuff also felt a bit lazy. I haven't seen the other Dragon Ball in decades. The next day, oh, look, we found the Dragon Ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was, I hesitate to ever use the word lazy and I encourage people not to use it. Convenient, certainly a slightly better word to use, uh, contrived maybe, but no, it happened. It's fine.
1: It seemed like it was going for a Toriyama gag, yeah, but yeah. didn't pull it off.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's the timing, the the surrounding dialogue that actually delivers it. Yeah, you're totally right.
1: Talking about unneeded character development for Goku, though, it's isn't that kind of everyone in this mid-quill that we're in yeah. <laughs> until we hit the 28th? We've gotten all of the character development for these characters. They all kind of, um, their arcs climaxed in the boo arc. Mm-hmm. You know, Vegeta uh, deciding that Goku is number one, even though that kind of gets <laughs> turned for a gag right after he says that, as Therese loves to remind me. Goku's whole thing of trying to pass it on to the next generation that doesn't work out so well but I think any kind of characterization we're going to get in Dragon Ball Super yeah it's all unneeded Gohan flipping back and forth whether or not he's going to be a scholar or a warrior Mm -hmm. and they did it again in the movie yeah uh unneeded for all of them but just we're along for the ride it's more it's the gift of more Dragon Ball
0: is it is it
1: that's how I choose to look at it (laughs) all right That's how I sleep at night, Mike.
0: (laughs) Whatever it takes, man. Uh, We got a bunch of other comments, too, that aren't necessarily connected, but uh, a lot of them I want to get to. Uh, Jacob on Twitter says, I enjoyed the arc while it was coming out. The action was well done. I was weirded out by Vegeta's lack of eyebrows, even though we'd seen that before with Super Saiyan 3. It looked fine, though, in the chapters, and I barely thought about it after uh, it was introduced. Was that Ultra Ego, or his face gets all... He gets, like, I think of the um, GT-ish, like, Final Bout drawings of Vegeta, where he is, his face is an angle. There, There is no Vegeta. There is just triangle with hair. And we kind of got there a little bit with Toyotara's drawings here.
1: I, in the beginning, I would agree with you. I think as we went on, and he two things happened. He felt more comfortable drawing Ultra ego and we became more used to it. Uh And by the time he's using Ultra ego at the end, like that one panel, I believe you talked about it last time where Goku and Vegeta are powering up next to each other and takes up the whole page. You look at that and you're like, hell yes. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about Vegeta's weird eyebrows anymore.
0: Daniel says, has some of the most frustrating plot developments in all of Dragon Ball, but even beyond that, most of the time it was just kind of boring.
1: I'd be interested to see what, daniel means by that that first point specifically plot developments yeah yeah
0: yeah daniel follow up with us i want to know yeah is it things like the (laughs) daniel if that is your (laughs) real name um you're talking about things like the existence of other dragon balls is it frieza having a new transformation is everyone having a new transformation we'll talk more about transformations i'm sure we will put some more comments here uh dua on twitter Couple different comments here. Uh, would have made a damn good movie, but as a whole manga arc, it lasted way too long and ran out of steam halfway through. Then also, would have been cool for Gas to have had a redemption arc instead of literally getting his skull crushed, in my opinion. Perhaps in another timeline. Uh, I want to start with that second part there Gas having a redemption arc. Nah, get rid of Gas. I'm done with Gas.
1: I, you know, hate, don't count him out just yet. He could still win this. Who knows? I mean, we know we're probably going. to... Well, we know. I would think we're going to see Oil and Mackie again. Yeah, uh, which will actually lead to another comment later on. But okay. uh, you know, hey, they've got these Dragon Balls. <laughs> you know, Whole bunch they can of wish them. Wish them back. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's at least what uh, sixteen we know about right now, <laughs> plus the big ones. So, uh,
0: how about that comment about it making a movie? I, I've seen a lot of thoughts out there about could the morrow arc just be a new movie could the granola arc just be a new movie we want to continue it through movies and then do random other shit for additional animation what do you think
1: that would be really awkward to go back in time to tell the <laughs> stories as movies now with superhero yeah being the kind of end of our super timeline at the moment yeah. but uh, i talked about this a little bit in the in the last podcast of how it felt like a movie retelling this arc mm. mm-hmm. morrow though i think there are too many twists and turns that that story takes that really needs to be a good thirteen or to twenty six. Pick your poison episodes of Dragon Ball Super two tooper <laughs> and gas uh, or no, gas the granola arc the gas the gas arc. arc. The gas arc. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that could be told as another series as well uh, or another batch of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if at the time in a, in a world without superhero, let's tell gas. Uh, The gas arc. I'm stuck on that.
0: Yeah, that's it now.
1: The gas gas arc is a movie, but Moro, I think, would serve better as a, a series of episodes.
0: I mean, when you think about the Broly movie, it was at least two independent movies strung together, if not three. And so when you think about the amount of Bardock material in this arc, might as well do another just completely haphazard, incomprehensible, bullshit, awful movie.
1: Only tell the bardock part of this arc put that on dvd put that with budokai tenkaichi 4 Uh uh-huh yep yep uh on the xbox series x version Mm -hmm. only (laughs) right was that how that happened with episode of bardock episode
0: of bardock was on the disc as an accessible movie in dragon ball z for connect oh that's right and you needed the connect to navigate the menu to even watch it on the disc
1: Dragon Ball releases are so cursed, Mike. Why has it got to be this way?
0: That is a separate issue from Burst Limit where its pre-orders were on PS3 because PS3 had a built-in Blu-ray player. They packed in a Blu-ray of the The at-the-time Funimation remaster of DBZ Movie 1 dub only, whereas on the Xbox 360, which didn't have a Blu-ray drive, they packed in Orange Brick, Set 1, Disc 1, DBZ Episodes 1 through 7.
1: Serves the x right. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. That's the one I bought first. Um, we should move on. <laughs> Sunshine Moon on Twitter says, I feel like I enjoy just about every individual chapter, but taken all together, I've never felt, oh, God, DBS is me trapped on an endless hamster wheel of pretending to have four momentum while remaining exactly in place. More. Toyo's Art is on top form, though. Yeah, I mean, that's just the reality of what this is. We've, talked endlessly about that i I hate to keep using such a terrible large overused word such as relitigation, but we we tend to do this often as dragon ball fans where it's the same complaint but it's a valley complaint so how can we not say it like we know we're in between the set point in time and the set point point in time things must lead to the 28th tenkaichi budokai these characters therefore must be alive these characters therefore must have these types of relationships by the time we get there. Nothing truly can happen,
1: I guess. Toyotaro's still taking some turns with it, though. I yeah, would say that yeah. Oob... Oob being involved in the big final push against Moro never would have seen that coming in a million years. Yeah.
0: Agreed. And they did a great job with keeping it unrelated to the other characters. So there can still be an air of mystery when he's there at the Budokai. Cause Vegeta in particular is like, what the fuck is that kid? What do you care about him?
1: You know, Mike, uh, there's a series I like called better call Saul <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a prequel to breaking bad. Oh, oh okay. So yeah. Yeah. And another fantastic show, but you know where these characters have to end up yeah. and that, show finds its success in making you care about the other characters who aren't in breaking bad. And I would like to see more of that in super start introducing more characters. We don't know where Jocko is, In the 28th Tenkaichi Budokai, I would have assumed Beerus and Weiss would want to show up to something like that.
0: You know, I think there's actually a manga panel. Have you seen that? They're actually there. Yeah,
1: I think I saw Jake uh, Herms post something. I don't know where he might have gotten that that, from.
0: That must be true. It's real. You know, if if it's a Herms post, it it can't be (laughs) false. Absolutely. Now, just speaking more about you know, prequel materials, spinning wheels, knowing where they're going, I'd also like to tell you about a little game called uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Um, you know where these characters are going to end up, but uh, it's important to uh, read your poetry and, and really understand where Gact is coming from.
1: Should I get that game?
0: <laughs> um, that's a compli- Should I get that game? That's a complicated at question. Um, let's talk more about that later. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, Jote on Twitter says, Kinda wish it showed off Mackie in her instincts unleashed slash awakened state to see the I differences between the male version and a female version. Uh plus wanted to see more key blast and beam and sphere attacks from Gas Granola and Ultra Ego Vegeta. Yeah, I mean I liked where we got with the um manifesting axes and shit out of thin air. I thought that was neat, slightly different from things we've seen before. I don't necessarily need beam clashes, though. I don't know.
1: They're so satisfying in Budokai 3, though. Yeah,
0: but that's a video game. This is... Do I need to see it on the page? Do I need a two-page spread of two giant key attacks clashing?
1: I'm sure that we'll get some of that if this is ever animated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that's great material to just fill up some time.
1: But this is what I was talking about with Mackie in her Instincts Unleashed state which i love that is that a dokkan thing oh there's no there's no manga characters in dokkan what am i talking about <laughs>
0: although they just introduced heroes characters was it to dokkan i saw an ad about it and all the responses cuz i guess the the international version didn't have the voice acting to go along with the characters and because it was hearts and because that's takehito motherfucking koyasu everyone's like put the japanese voices for this character in
1: amazing but i th- i she you know she makes a very specific Moment to talk about like, hey, should I unleash my instincts or whatever the line is? Yeah, yeah. uh, And that could be nothing like the Namekian Book of Legends, (laughs) or it could be something building to seeing her and oil again in the in the next arc.
0: All right. I guess we have to do this. Uh, Friend of the show. I suppose I'm allowed to say uh, Saber Breaker. Weirdly not answering the call to give us input but instead turning it back on us um randy did you listen to last episode uh randy says what he all takes on everyone getting their own transformations rather than everyone having a standard transformation ultra instinct ultra ego versus super saiyan 2 across the board is what he's saying there um i mean everything we've gotten since battle of gods Goku's really made it clear that he wants to do things through his own power not being granted things Um, and he's very interested and wants to learn more about all the power there is out there Um, and on the flip side they've also made it abundantly clear that vegeta has no interest whatsoever in doing the exact same things goku has done Um, he doesn't want to do ultra instinct he is extremely hesitant to even learn teleportation and only begrudgingly uses it at the last minute because he absolutely, that is the only thing that he can possibly do in that moment. Um, So with that all in mind, I think you have to go different routes for these characters.
1: And it also seems to be, I guess, Toriyama's vision with this too. Yeah. uh, In terms of superhero as well. Yeah. Mm Gohan's big thing is uh, beast mode. And Piccolo's big thing is uh, a, a, <laughs> big a, a, a siege tree on his back and he's yellow and then he's orange and it's everyone's got their own thing now. Yeah. Broly has got his. There's so much good fan art of these five characters. Broly, Goku, Vegeta, Gohan and Piccolo all in their own specific forms. And it's just Beautiful to look at, but as uh, in reply to Randy here, uh, uh, that is, I believe, Saberbreaker, here on Twitter, uh, Jacob replies, right now, I think the transformations are more characterful. They tell you something about the character. To me, with the story arcs, it reflects their journeys as individuals trying to be the best fighter they can and how they deal with their challenges differently. Piccolo finds his transformation through Shenlong. Gohan finds his through being pushed again by his uncle Piccolo. Goku has his Ultra Instinct, which he works through on his own, trying through all of his other forms and then suspiciously finds a new way to use it. Vegeta, in trying to find his way of using destruction through Beerus and taking Beerus's lessons on, unlocks Ultra Ego and then transforms Ultra Ego through lessons uh, taken from Bardock. At least that's the way I think we we landed on that last podcast. And then uh, Broly's Broly.
0: I have more complicated thoughts about this arc than I do the Morrow arc. In general, I really love the Morrow arc. I think it's my favorite of Super. I'm, I am mentioned this. I'm so up and down on the Granola arc. In general, I don't like it. That said, when I read it, I'm more or less okay with it in the moment. And even upon reflection, I still think it's okay. And yet somehow that doesn't add up to me liking it.
1: I'm. I think I'm more up on it than you are. I really like Ultra Ego, some of the stuff done with Granola. I even came around on Gas at the end. Yeah. But I'm not dying for figures of any of these characters like I am. Moro, and let me listen here, Ben Presto. I'm coming down there to Japan, and we're going to get this figure made. Mike is showing off his bootleg (laughs) Moro figure here on camera. You can't see it, (laughs)
0: listeners. (laughs) It's not even the Moro I want, (laughs) Yeah. It's the Moro I deserve, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a, a whole bunch of commentary from us and from other folks out there. Ken, do you recommend that people read the Moro and the Granola arcs?
1: Wholeheartedly, yes. Um, at my job in the real world, I frequently find myself in, position, uh, in the position of talking about Dragon Ball with real life people. And the first thing I always ask them is, are you reading the super manga? And you'd be surprised by how many people are. Yeah. And then if they tell me no, and we've already engaged at a point where I feel like I can kind of lose my mind on them a little <laughs> bit. I, uh, I kind of give them the rundown of, hey, you want to see what happened past Broly? And then I talk, you've probably seen the goat guy online. Yeah, but that yeah. story is the first adventure in super. It is the the part that feels the most like off, "quote unquote" authentic Dragon Ball mm-hmm. of the whole series, uh, and then I usually don't get too much into granola. <laughs> let's get it. Let's sink their teeth in with Moro first. But if you're already in that deep with Moro, yeah, why not read Granola?
0: Something I, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know all of this, and you're like, why? Why do you need to explain this? But I don't think people realize what a wild world we live in. Where for $2 a month, I will not accept ads. I will gladly talk about the fact that for $2 a month, you can read the entirety of Dr. Slump, the entirety of Dragon Ball, now Toriyama's Manga Theater, and the entirety of the Dragon Ball Super Manga. You can just read it. It's there. I come from an era where there was no English translation of the manga. You couldn't just read it. There were bad bootleg scans translated from Japanese to Spanish to English. The fact that day and motherfucking date to the time zone of midnight in Japan, these chapters were online for free that you could just read. And I've seen a lot of people also ask like, well, if you don't like it, why are you reading it? Like, It takes moments out of my day to read those chapters on release date. And I appreciate that so much that (laughs) like you're to your point of the gift of Dragon Ball. I don't know that I've necessarily go that route, but the fact that I could do something like that is unbelievable to the mic from 25 years ago. You can just go read it. Um, yes, there is a print edition coming out, um, as we're recording volume 17 just came out in America from Viz. I know other countries are further ahead. Um, we're in a little bit of a conundrum right now where the last volume was volume 19. We would have had, um, on the regular schedule, a volume 20 right now that would have wrapped up in Japan. That is that would have wrapped up the entirety of the granola arc, but, um, volumes these days, because chapters are 45 pages, volumes have four chapters in them. As of right now, there's only three chapters worth to comprise a volume 20. Um, That's going to be a little weird then if we go into the next arc and then it's like volume 20 is three chapters of Granola and then one of superhero prequel. I kind of feel like we should have just gotten a volume 20 that was those three chapters and just like extra supplemental material. But then I don't know that they could fill another 50 pages worth of supplemental stuff. That's a tough call.
1: So think about how good it will be if that is the superhero prequel is one chapter. Yeah. Then on your shelf, mm-hmm. you've got volume 20 mm-hmm. and then you jam
0: superhero <laughs> Put a blue right there. next to it. <laughs> yeah. And then volume 21. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to stress is like you can just read this. It's so easy. <laughs> um, the way the viz operates is the first three chapters of a series are always free and the latest three chapters of a series are always free. And for two bucks a month in English, you can just read the entire thing and you will no longer, if you haven't read this, you will no longer have the issue of waiting 30 days <laughs> to read the next 45 pages. Just go read it.
1: I would be interested in, and I don't know how many people listening to this would fall into this category, but I would really love to hear the opinion of someone going through granola yeah. only having read it after it's been finished.
0: Yeah. I've certainly seen people do that. I think everybody uh, buddy Jose only likes reading arcs um, in their entirety. That's right. Um, sometimes I think even when only the color version is that, that's another conversation about does Toyotaro gain anything in color versus Toriyama? And there's, I wouldn't say there's a consensus on that, but there are some fairly unanimous, strong opinions <laughs> in that area.
1: The full colors need some work. <laughs> They're, uh, I think they enhance Toyotaro quite a bit. And it makes me wonder about how he's drawing the series. Is he drawing it digitally or is he drawing it old school?
0: That's a good question.
1: I would say digitally based on, on that one panel alone where Moro's phasing through Goku as Goku is mm. sensing him. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. seemed like it could only be accomplished digitally. And so then I wonder how much is he just, is he drawing all the, this is the kind of stuff I get into because when I look at the full colors of Toriyama's art, mm-hmm. I know someone had to sit there yeah. and figure out how all the lines on Piccolo's pants were going uh-huh. <laughs> to look yeah, yeah. if the rest was purple. And I wonder if, uh, well, that's, again, this isn't a topic for another uh, another day, but I, I think the full colors make Toyotaro's art significantly better.
0: And the only way to read it is a digital-only release in Japan.
1: The only way that we're going to talk about asterisk, Asterisk, yes. I suppose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ken, I think that's going to put a bow on Granola. Uh, any content from Granola whatsoever until, of course, we talk about the Kakarot DLC where you battle gas at the end.
1: I cannot wait for that.
0: We're going to be really bummed if it's, just the TV special? No way. There's no uh, way. I that. have to believe. <laughs> um, you will definitely be back for that. We, as we mentioned last time, um, the <laughs> current gen ports uh, appear to be coming in January, and we're assuming that the Bardock TLC will will be along for the ride with that. So I'll see you at least then, if not before. Um, anything? I didn't offer this up last time. Anything you wanna talk about? Plug going on? Things you like? Things you think people should check out?
1: People need to tune in to us playing Mario Kart on Saturday night. Straight up, if you want like an addendum consensu podcast that happens late at night with a little bit more alcohol than usual, <laughs> check it out. We got someone over here with a mixing board, weird sounds going on. It's almost like a morning shock jock show at this point. <laughs> and I cannot stress enough how much fun it is uh to to be a part of and then to watch as i you know when i when i miss it i uh you know i gotta make sure no one's talking about me so i go and they <laughs> are check it out
0: they are i know <laughs> not just talking doing impersonations you know yes we, we miss folks when they're not around you know we, we feel like we gotta represent um thank you appreciate that that's every saturday night at twitch.tv slash ex that's me um my name is mike Uh, what do we got going on? Uh, I wasn't quite ready to debut it this week. I will say probably next week, look for a a wiki related announcement. It's not what you think it is, um, but it's something important, something where we're hoping to get rolling, go into a new phase with something. Um, so stay tuned, look for that. Um, I am due to put up the next part of the video game interviews from the Super History book. Um, Last time we talked, it was parts one through three of the five part video game series. I have not done part four yet. It's all translated. So that's sitting on me. I will try to get that up. Um, but Jose has translated a whole bunch of other stuff um, just today on the site I actually put up the the back of the most recent Psycho Jump the see who was this this was whoop, hitting microphone stuff this was Akira Amano the back of the January 2023 issue of Psycho Jump that um, 40th anniversary gallery the drawing and the comment that's up on the site and check that out I'm trying to think what else is in the hopper from him he did uh, I think like heroes author comments I think he did something from the superhero soundtrack like I am behind on translation stuff up so uh apologies but it is coming your way on the site that all said www dot is that too many w's i don't remember roll tape consenshu.com k-a-n-z-e-n-s-h-u-u.com that is consenshu.com it's where you can find everything uh i'm not going to forget it this time i would be remiss were i not to mention patreon.com slash um i don't like talking about it i don't like plugging it again keeping it very simple one dollar cool guys support five dollars Let's chat on Discord. That's all there is to it. That's all we're asking. That's all we're doing. Um, it literally exclusively goes to keeping the lights on every month. That's all we're asking. That's all we're. Um, that's all we're doing. Uh, appreciate the support. So website, the Patreon. You can hit us up on the socials for now. Twitter seems to exist. Um, thank you for everyone who submitted your comments there on Twitter. Thank you for the forum comments. Um, we did get some YouTube comments. Appreciate those, but none of them were you know, applicable to talk about in the show. People were just like, oh, my God, podcast episode is back. So thank you. I appreciate the support there. Uh, I am done. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, I have hit record.
1: I have hit record on my end <clears throat> as well. So, uh, <clears throat> Mommy made me mash my M&M.
0: <clears throat> now we're gonna...
1: <clears throat> it's
0: sexy podcast time. <laughs> yeah,
1: consent you after dark.
0: <clears throat> Man, I don't like this. What is going on?
1: <laughs> I say the podcast, right?
0: And then... <clears throat> Uh, An extension of the all-encompassing ConZenshu. Yeah, the podcast and then ConZenshu. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I had someone else do that. so Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. All right. We're free-forming it. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. This is Zen. I didn't like how I said this is. It was off to a great start. I usually do this part about six times before I get a take I like. (laughs)